This is The Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Oh, yeah. are welcome at 512-834-1027. Yeah, that's right. You heard the man. This is The Bullpen, the Tuesday edition of The Bullpen. And opinions are always welcome right here. The man. 512-834-1027. you or me? No, we. Or the, or the voice. The collective we. Okay. But I was actually talking about the voice. But the man. The royal we. What a. The royal we. Uh, welcome to the bullpen. I'm Patrick Osborne. He's Brandon Elkins. Hi. This is Tuesday, October 4th. It is Tuesday. 1027 ESPN. And our number here in the bullpen is 512-834-1027. And uh, yeah, that's the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, see ya. Thank you. Did you get a chance to check out the uh, Monday Night Football last night, Brandon? I did, and you want to know why I tuned in? Because you knew of, there was going to be a faux streaker. Well, no, well that no. wasn't really a streaker. That no. looked that looked more like a like a like a gender reveal for their baby. That's what uh, somebody <laughs> in the broadcast booth said. I don't know what else. I, I I know it. I know it was for something else, but I just have no idea what it being was. Being ridiculous. Yeah. I think however, it was an activist of some kind. Why I watched actually came to fruition as I I I called the Niners to win that game. Mm-hmm. I think LA looked like crap, which mm-hmm. is kind of surprising to be honest with you. However, Cooper Cup had a good game, which I appreciate, which I needed. Thank you. Not fantasy, unexpected by the fantasy way. Fantasy football related. However, because of that win, there is now a four-way tie for first place in the NFC West. Every single team is 2 and 2. Isn't that weird? What is going on? That's that's so weird. Uh <laughs> And, yeah, yeah. It and, makes no sense. Why are they all two and two? And then, if I'm not mistaken, the only undefeated team is over in the East, right? NFC East. Sure. Yeah. I don't know who. I don't know who's undefeated. Last right remaining now. undefeated team in the entire league actually is the Philadelphia Eagles right now at four zero. The Philly Eagles. And they are you know absolutely guy, legit. Uh, Delaware sub. Uh, Delaware uh, Pete is very excited about that. I like the Phillies, and I can't. I mean, the Phillies, uh, the Eagles, Austin. I can't tell you exactly why I like the Eagles, but I've always kind of. I think it goes back to the Randall Cunningham days years ago. How about this? I don't believe there is more than one Eagles fan in this city. I dare you to call and tell me you're an Eagles fan. Eight three four one zero two seven five one two. Eagles fans like Jets fans always proving proving what great uh, spelling bee champs they are by spelling their team's name all the time. Ding! There's a bell right there. You could totally ding behind the computer. Oh, ding! Dang. Got nailed it. Way Dang. to go. That was good. Uh, so, yeah, 49ers recording their seventh consecutive regular season victory over the Rams last night, 24-9 on Monday Night Football. Kind of surprising. I, I did not know that. That it was their that, that seventh consecutive? That they had a streak like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've been looking good. Uh, now, you were right in your prediction. You took the Niners. I took the Rams. I only took them because I wanted the four-way tie. I actually thought it was only going to be a three-way tie. I didn't realize the Cardinals had won two games at all because... They have just looked like trash. Pretty good rule of thumb. Like, if you're thinking about wagering some bets, you know, dropping some your hard-earned cash, mm-hmm. and you hear me say I'm taking this team, put your money on the other team because I never win. That's fair. Even yeah. even when it is an absolute guaranteed lock, the the, the chips never fall my, my, oh, my way. You're just not that lucky. I'm so uh, sorry. This is, why I don't, this is why I don't gamble. Well, unless it's games that I can control a little bit. You know, poker, stuff like that. You know, that's Boxing, different. right? Stuff like that. Yeah, if you want to consider that gambling with your life, sure, sure. Look, uh, you know the right guy. I do. The outcome will be known, and you will make money. That is true. I don't know that guy. Uh, so about the Rams, Niners, now 2-2, two and two, as are the Cardinals and the Seahawks. How about that? That four-way tie, you mentioned the NFC West. San Francisco had 327 yards to the, the, the Rams, 257. Matthew Stafford sacked seven times. 
Uh, you almost forget Joey Bosa is on that team. Yeah, he's uh, he's probably one of the most because le- he's the least talked about Bosa. You know, because of his brother in, with with the Chargers, right? But man, he is just dominating this year. He, he had, is killing it. He had two sacks, yeah. yesterday. Uh, and so Stafford is now taking sixteen sacks on the season so far in this young, still young season. He's not uh, going to make it if that continues. Yeah, the Niners' uh, defense just dominating the Rams' makeshift offensive line that's been hit pretty hard by injuries. Mm-hmm. And retirement. Stafford went 30-46 of 46 for 241 yards, had an interception that uh, Talanoa Hufanga returned, 52 yards for a touchdown, and that pick six gave the 49ers their 24-9 lead with just under six and a half left to go. That was the 28th pick six of Stafford's career, uh, including four that he threw last, last mm-hmm. season. Uh, with the Rams, might didn't we have a stat yesterday where an entire career one guy only had four pick sixes? Is, is that Tom Brady? No, that's uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Okay. Which is a, a and you said and you said uh, Stafford has twenty eight. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, twenty eight. That was the last night was the twenty eighth pick ouch. six of his career. Sorry to laugh because I'm not a professional football player, but ouch. And you're right, the Rams they they did not look good. Oh no, and three in the red zone they went. Uh, uh, I mean they. They couldn't find anything consistent outside of Cooper Cup. No, really. I mean, it, it a little really, bit of Tyler Higby. Yeah, it really looked like the Niners wanted it more. They really did, especially. Uh, I remember last season or for the playoffs in the championship game. It was uh, wasn't Niners uh, Rams in the was championship game. Yeah, it was because that's yeah. where they lost. Yeah. So they showed Debo Samuel, Samuel, you know, crying, really upset about the whole thing. So you knew he was going to come in ready to go, and he was ready to go. Did you see? Him trying to get in the end zone and took on Bobby Wagner and won. Yeah, that wasn't that. That right there is when I knew like there was no way the Rams are coming back. Yeah, I mean I know he didn't score on that play, but I know Bobby Wagner well, and he doesn't take hits like that very often. And he got socked by a wide receiver. Debo Debo looked great on offense. He's a man possessed. Six catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, his score covered 57 yards. One of the top plays in the league this season, mm-hmm. really. Uh, and then, of course, there's Jimmy Garoppolo, signal caller over there in the 49ers, 16 of 27, 239 yards, touchdown pass, that one there to Debo Samuel. Yeah, but he didn't look that great. The stats look all right, but he really didn't look all right. Yeah. They were, they were. I mean, it, 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 that's what happens when you have Aaron Donald running down your throat all game, but, but still, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he looked bad last week. He maybe looked a little bit better this week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Now, just before halftime of last night's game, and this has been uh, going viral throughout yes. the day. Fan running across the field. What appeared to be letting a device letting off some kind of pink smoke, mm-hmm. which is, you said, looked like a gender, gender reveal. reveal. It did. It's a girl. However, Yay. a fan Congrats. also ran onto the field with a very similar device letting out pink smoke earlier in the game. We didn't see that because it was stopped by security. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even see the smoke. No. Nope. I didn't notice it at all. But the one no we did one even see, said anything. Yeah, I and I didn't know this until I was digging through the the articles huh. earlier today doing some show prep. Uh but this fan he sprinted toward the Rams sideline. Bobby, Bobby Wagner, who you just mentioned, uh noticed that uh oh, the security the, the security there at Levi Stadium can need a little <laughs> So uh he came out, stepped in. Let me just tell you laid him out with a hit. Yeah. A, a hit. That's not the first time he's done that. No, it's not. He's uh, he's he's always done very good about that when uh someone's running on the field. He's he seeks them out. What was great about and this that's a too. terrifying thing to know. Here's how hard he hit him. <laughs> there was a noticeable noticeable mark left on the 40-yard line from where this clown yeah. planted himself. Well, where Wagner planted this clown <laughs> into the turf. Yeah. Uh, a noticeable mark there. Uh, was but it you, red? 
No, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Not, I didn't see the. It was mark. not a bloodbath. Okay. No, no, no. All right, all right. Um, well, I mean, he had his helmet on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he kind of probably his job probably took a little hit it from that helmet. So yeah. I, it, I'm sure it, he's gonna feel. He's feeling it. This today. was a hard hit. And and uh, Wagner actually came out. He says, "Look, uh, that he said that's not me making a play because there was you know there's a lot of talk about yeah, oh, yeah. The, the play yeah. he made there. He said, I was just keeping it safe. You don't yeah. know what the fans got or what they're doing. You see this all the time. We don't know what they're carrying in their pockets." It's whatever that little smoke stuff is, but that S could be dangerous. Yeah. One of the guys on the other side, it looked like he got hurt. Security uh, looked like he was struggling, so I was frustrated, and I took it out on him, is what he said. I miss miss you, Bobby. Now, amid that highlight, Mm -hmm. possibly one of the greatest highlights of this fan and his pink smoke was Kevin Harlan's call. Yes. And there were two calls of of this fan situation here. One was Kevin Harlan, and the other was from the Manning Brothers. So we're going to play them both, and I want you to hear the stark difference between a professional broadcaster and a couple of fellas who used to throw the pigskin for a living. And here comes a stoppage in play because someone has run on the field with a smoke bomb that is pink, and he's running up the sideline. Now a couple of Rams come over there and make the tackle. Head first into the player who has taken the field. And he's in a cloud of pink smoke, so you can't see him. And now on him are a couple of security guards. Now, listen, that, I, I, if you didn't know better, you're hearing Kevin Harlan call you a, call you a play right then and there. He's a true it, pro. It sounded like it, right? He, he will go down as legendary. He will. He absolutely will. Now, here are the, the Mannings. Uh, they not quite as impressive on this no, goal. There, okay. oh, yeah. there he is. is this? There he is. Not- yes. Oh, yes. yes. That's what we're talking Wagner. about. Wagner, Bobby. a veteran, right? Get him down. Now get out and let tackle. these guys take over. Oh, Bobby gonna... Wagner, veteran play. There's <laughs> some smoke going on there. Yeah, he's got a T-shirt on. I mean, he's promoting something. Yeah. So there you go. They're promoting the Manning brothers. Something. Eli had some hard-hitting analysis there. Amateur hour. If you're going to streak, go full throttle and go nude, right? But he wasn't He wasn't streaking. That wasn't the point. I know, but the best part of this quote was Omaha Productions, which puts out the Manning cast. Yeah. They actually cut out that nudity comment from Eli. Uh, Weird. When they tweeted this out in their official account. Apparently, that was too uh, inappropriate from the younger Manning brother. Okay. Talking about someone not being naked? I get, okay, I, I make sure. Why not? But, but what I was going to say, actually, I forget what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I, I cut you off there. I'll, Blame it on the man. Oh, man. okay. Their Here's what I was going to say. Now, I don't know their ages, but it's just proof that my angst towards Al Michaels is legit because I'm pretty sure that him and Kevin Harlan have been around a long time. And Kevin Harlan still has brings the energy when there's a big sure. play going on. Even if it's and not a play. You've heard it every Thursday. It's not, and I now have a gripe with one other broadcaster. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna not Who? talk about it. Talk about him. I want to hear it. Chris Matthews. Okay. He's just he's the same thing. He just they don't bring energy on big plays, and it's really he's got a great voice. Look, I know that job is hard. I I I, I couldn't do. I don't think I could do it. Even though before I even got into broadcasting, that's what I always wanted to do was be a play by play voice. That'd be super fun. I think calling football would be one of the hardest things to play. Exactly. To play or play. hockey. You got to follow hockey that puck. Would be you the can't see the damn thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I just I just don't understand why they keep these guys around. I just just there's so many other guys, so many other broadcasters, you know, ready in the wing who are younger and can bring the energy. Mm-hmm. But you guys stick with these 50, 60, 70, 80 year olds who've been down just can't do it anymore. Well, I think and some I just, of that is probably it's just a little yeah. gripe I have, and I know it's totally just my own irrational thoughts. But. Well, I mean, it, it's legitimate to, to a degree. I, I think. 
Those I guys think, are great at their extent. craft. They have been. It's just it's time to just go younger, man. But we've we, and you're not wrong there. But at the same time, you know, there's a there's a a comfortability factor. It's like coming home. You hear these voices you've heard calling your games for 20, 30 years. I think for some people that counts. I don't need to some f- degree that counts for me. Even I hear Kevin Harlan's voice and I'm like, oh man, sure. You know, it takes me back. Although usually when I hear his voice, to me in my head, it's synonymous with NBA games. And they're still. top billing. Why not have someone who's in the fourth billing? Who's not very good, but you think they might be good one day to get them there, get them going, get them started, and then eventually have them take over. Yeah, yeah, done. I, I yeah, you're not. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, over in Dallas, Cowboys owner, general manager Jerry Jones, not ruling out initially Dak Prescott from playing Sunday against the Rams, but he did acknowledge early yesterday that uh, the grip on the football is quote not well enough to play at the moment. Mm. Uh, so he talked to uh, 105.3 The Fan today and uh, weighed in, uh, elaborated on the, the DAC situation a little bit more. Well, I know that uh, it's better, and I know that uh, he's uh, uh, going to go out there every day and uh, uh, make progress toward being able to grip the ball. Uh, I don't know that you could ask for better news, technically, physically. And uh, uh, how uh, it's uh, responding at uh, uh, how it's healing, so to speak. And so all of those things are on go. And uh, I don't know that uh, as we go to, uh, bid bye to each day, if uh, uh, considering uh, the injury, considering the location of the injury, I don't know that you could make any more progress. And uh, there's some things here about healing that. Uh, Again, I often say only the man upstairs knows how that works. Right. But he'll have a big uh, week, and he'll be hard on himself uh, getting it ready to go. So all I can say. Is he able to grip the football now? Uh, no, not well enough to uh, uh, play. Well, and, and that's important. Sounds like he ain't playing the Rams that next week. That is important. Uh, he's meeting with doctors today. Of course, he had that surgery September 12th. Stitch removed on his right thumb on the 26th of last month. And then... Uh, Last week, Mike McCarthy, head coach, said that Dak was still dealing with some joint swelling mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point, why do you really need to, to just rush back to Dak when you've got Cooper Rush, who's done something no Cowboy has ever done in the history of, of the team, and that is win the first four games, yeah, your you first don't. four starts. You don't have to rush it. He's clearly uh, uh, an no adequate placeholder. And, and you know, it could turn out that Cooper Rush, maybe this is his breakout season, I doubt it, but I mean, I, he's, he's certainly keeping the Cowboys in it mm-hmm. uh, in a way that most of us didn't expect. I yeah, you feel comfortable putting him out there because of what he's shown so far. I mean, I know it's only three games uh, this year, but, I mean, he's won every single one of them. And, look, if they don't win against the Rams, it is what it is. But at least you have, you'll have you have an even healthier deck next week, and you didn't put him up, you know, throw him in the fire against that L.A. Rams defense, which, I'll be honest, didn't look great last night, and they'll be on a short week. But... It's still the Rams' defense. They're still pretty dang good. So if if Jerry wants Dak to start again, uh, he was asked, you know, kind of what would what would be needed in order to get him there? Well, it would include uh, getting a lot of reps with the first unit. Uh, it can it include uh, uh, going through uh, practices and uh, and um, uh, seeing uh, uh, serious, uh, not serious. It's all serious, but uh, uh, just seeing what you deal with in your meetings during the week, 
you'd take that to the practice field and see it practiced on the practice field. Dak Prescott may be the best that I've been around of taking what he gets in a game plan and a meetings and, and preparation in the meeting and taking it to the practice field. And then he may be the best that I've seen taken from the practice field into a game. That's the process that I'm sure Mike was referring to. We need to have that process before we have him in a ball game and eliminate the week's work and be ready to go, especially not a quarterback. Okay, so Cooper's your guy. Thank you for all that. Cooper's your guy. Yeah, a lot of words there. that's not going to happen this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in any rush to see him come back. The Cowboys are doing just fine right now, uh, and and we... I think they got a good chemistry on offense right now. You don't want to you don't want to ruin that right yeah. now. Yeah. Especially because, real honestly, Dak didn't look that great week one anyway. Well, no, he, he didn't. He didn't on Monday. I'm not saying he's going to lose his job. There's no Monday. there's no controversy at all. It was it was a Monday. No, I, I was thinking about something McCarthy said on oh, Monday, okay. and that's why Monday came out of my mouth. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. He didn't look good in the first game. I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine. That was just, you know, probably the first game. Yeah. Tampa Bay defense looked pretty good that day, too, even though yeah. they haven't really looked that great this year either. So McCarthy says he wants Prescott to go through a full week of practice yeah. before, before he gets a return anyway. much prefer Dak finish the season, Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Well, we got more on the way here, a little Texans news, uh, some updates on Tua Tagovailoa and uh, where the NFL Players Association is on their uh, investigation into uh, the concussion situation. Mm-hmm. Longhorn news on the way. Uh, and we'll head over to the ballpark later for another piece of history. Yes. Reached in St. Louis. Hang with us. 512-834-1027 is a number. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the Bullpen on this Tuesday afternoon. Brandon Elkins, Patrick Osborne with you. I tell you, man, the hot takes on Twitter are redonkulous. Yeah, that's, we, all, that's all I'm going to say. We had a, a, a pretty sweet hot take we were just talking about. Man, How about that? you're funny. Uh, that sucked. That makes me really want to try Lamb's Candies because I still haven't tried them yet. Have you not tried Lamb's Candies? I am literally walking distance. to. I can. It'll take me five minutes to walk to their God. place. I grew up, I, it seems like every time I turned on the TV as a kid, there was a Lamb's Candies I've commercial. I've never seen a commercial. Lamb's Candies, the people pleasing business or something like that. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. That reminds me of Bohm's back home, the chocolate place. Yeah, yeah. Lamb's is legit, though. If you've not been, why, and, and what? It's always the, what, those chocolate covered strawberries? Is that what they're famous for? Uh, I don't know. I just know they're famous for just being awesome. Pretty much anything they touch is, turns to okay. confectionery gold. You know what? This weekend, I'm going to walk there and I'm going to buy everything. Now, I'm try it all. How does this work into the candy corn conversation we were having off the air? Is that what you're going to buy over there? A lamb's candy corn? <laughs> no, I'll probably find the the most dark chocolate thing they have there. However, it, I it's it's really you know in my circle of friends on Twitter or that circle group, whatever people follow, I follow. You know, I do have friends on there. We love to have our hot takes on food, and candy corn has always been a, uh, a hot discussion. Of how people love to hate candy corn. I really don't believe everyone hates candy corn who says they hate it. No, it's true. I man. prefer. It's trendy. I don't mind it. I think it's really good, especially when they make the little pumpkin-shaped ones. Yeah, those I are think good. Those are really those good. Are good. But they do, and you never heard about this. They actually have chocolate candy corns, mm. and they're really delicious. That sounds quite good. I mean, they're so bad for you, and they're so not good in general. But oh, come on, enough man, of that. You only live I once, enjoy man. them. I will say, peeps are trash, and like you said. 
Take them out of the wrapper, throw them in the trash. That is the, the only way, way to eat peeps. However, Take I will also counter with just don't opening the wrapper at all and just toss it. You got to put out a little effort. Don't though. buy it either. Like that's stupid. Well, who's ever bought a peep? They always just end up in your house, no, like in true. some bag or or some you know like. And what? I'll admit, I eat peeps occasionally because my mom always had them at their place. Yeah. Because she loves to go all out on that stuff. And I, I appreciate that. I always knew every, during every holiday, the holiday-type candy or chocolates that are meant for those each each year, she always has them out there. It always has a nice spread. Just a wonderful woman. Wonderful family. Peeps or candy corn? 512-834-1027. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Again, look, I was proven right. Not a single Philadelphia fan has called, so I don't believe that they're out there. A-G-L-E-S. We can spell Head coach Levy Smith over in Houston talking about quarterback Davis Mills. Uh Uh-oh. He's our quarterback, he says. I mean, what's he supposed to say? Despite a ridiculously mediocre performance against the Chargers, Levy Smith reassuring reassuring the commitment to Davis Mills. Do you know who their backup is? Then that's why they're still going with Davis Mills. Yeah. I mean, nobody, <laughs> nobody. They really have nobody else. Nobody knows. Uh, they Dam- trade their entire team Damian for Russell Smith. Wilson. He, he's about the only thing you can hit your wagon to right now with the Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, in the months leading up to this season, the Texans had a simple plan for Davis Mills. Become our franchise QB. Good luck, kid. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, under, under Levy Smith and defensive coordinator Pep Hamilton, They've given Mills an entire season to prove himself already. Yeah. Whether or not he could be the, the quarterback, the franchise QB of the future. 34-24 loss to LA on Sunday. Mills' job is starting quarterback beyond this season. Very, very likely in jeopardy. Very likely. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, unless he shows out the rest of the season, which doesn't seem likely. But according to Lovey Smith, no in-season shifting is going to be done right now. Davis Mills, that's their guy. All the way through the end of the season. I am like gen- it or not, Houston, that's who you got. I am genuinely curious who their backup quarterback is. Yeah. Uh, Mills played his most efficient game of the season probably against the Chargers. He completed a season-best 74.3% of his pass attempts, 246 yards, two touchdowns. But his second-half performance uh, really I, I, it, it doesn't negate his mm-hmm. noteworthy regression. Uh, entering Week 5 against Jacksonville, he completed 62% of his passes, 908 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Noticeable decline from the 1,258-yard, nine touchdowns, two interceptions he recorded during the final five games of last year. So he was on to something. Because the pressure wasn't on then. Yeah. Now the pressure's on. Now you actually have to prove it. Yeah. And by the way, their backup quarterback is David Ky- Carr. No. Kyle Allen. Oh. Yes. Well, no wonder nobody knows. Exactly. Yeah. Well, sorry. Off mic there for a second. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, Texans fans out there, what do you think? Are you like this? Do you like Davis Mills? Do you like your quarterback? Do you have any faith in him? Do you have faith in Lovey Smith? I do. I do have faith in Lovey Smith, but he actually has to have a team with talent before he can actually do something. That's the problem. You can't expect him to have a, a team full of not winners. I don't want to call them losers because that's. Not the right thing to say. They're just they're just not a no, winning team. No, you can call team. them losers they're when they don't a, win. I'm not going to say that, but they're just not a winning team. No a one on that team, team knows how to win. Or if they did, they don't anymore. So yeah. I, I, I have faith in Levy Smith, but he's have management behind him to See, actually help him out. This is what I hate when a guy like Levy gets in a team like Houston. Because a guy like Levy Smith is is so much such a better coach than what this team is going to at least give him this year yes. and next year. Gave Absolutely. him last year. Um, they need to give him time is mm-hmm. what they need. But I don't think that he's probably, with this team, I don't think there's enough time. I would assume, but I, but 
why would he take the job then? Did he think that did he say in, in the interview that he's going to turn this thing around right away? We're going to get it figured out right away. I would hope I not. highly doubt that, and no one would believe him either. Yeah. So I feel I gotta think that part of the you know stipulation for him signing with them was give me some time, let me develop a team. And I think he can do it. And, you know, we get that too much. And, and it's not just football. You get it in, in baseball. You get it in the NHL and the NBA where you got a, a, a seasoned, very experienced head coach who is or manager who has proven himself time and time again, but he gets on a bunk team, yep. can't turn things in around, and two years later, like, ah, you're out. It's like pro leagues don't want to give coaches enough time to turn around before they just dump them for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then that dude gets the credit a lot exactly. if the team gets turned around. Uh, a la Pete Carroll for Bill Belichick. There you go. Prime example. Mm-hmm. Prime example. Uh, so I don't like what I'm seeing over there in Houston right now. I was very optimistic after that tie. Thought, okay, they, not not the most ideal way to begin the season, sure. but they looked okay. And then they they reeled off. They what? have regressed. Yeah, I big mean, time. Consistent fourth quarters where they couldn't mm-hmm. score. They went they they went thirty, which is outscored funny. thirty to to zero in fourth quarter. They're in every single game. Every single and game they're they in. They find can't a close way to, it out. Yeah, then they find a way to fumble it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's head over the phones. Northside Dave checking in oh, on the bullpen on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Dave. I know Dave's not a Phillies fan. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And why is that? Point you, proven. You don't like the Phils? He's a Cowboys fan. I no, thought, you know, as a kid growing up, I watched him play at Veterans Stadium, you know, and I seen some ugly stuff there. I mean, come on. It was like one of the first stadiums to actually have a judge and a and, and jail. <laughs> yeah, they've got a yeah. jail there, yeah. Stadium. Yeah, they booed Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, you know, booed Santa Claus, two snowballs at them. I remember one day they had a battery night, and they were throwing batteries at the Cowboys. And they run off the <laughs> I remember that. When was that? A long time ago. Yeah. How would they? Why would so, they think that would be okay? Because they're Philly fans, and okay. and they're I mean they're drunk most of the time, yeah, right? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, how they are. Uh, I'm just glad that we are not playing the 49ers this year unless we meet them in the playoffs. Dang. Oh, Both you will guys, meet them in the playoffs if if, if you, you do. get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, man. Watching that game yesterday, San Francisco tore it off that defense. Yeah, it's legit. That's why I really feel strongly about our Cowboys. I think that if, you know, what four weeks we've held our opponents to less than 20 points a game, that's, that hasn't been done since, what did someone tell me, since uh, the uh, 73 defense mm. defensive team, I think, uh, that was the last Cowboys defense to do that. So we're, this is going to be good. So I, I agree with you guys that, you know, keep Dak out until he's ready. Yep. I mean, hey. Yeah, how do you feel about Rush going against the Rams? Yeah, Fair well, enough. and and you know, and you talk about the 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 forty ers defense. I mean, you know, they they got to Stafford what seven, seven times, times last seven night. Times. Yeah, yes. so and and the Cowboys. I mean, they they they've excelled a lot on defenses this year as well. So yeah, that could be a, a, if they do match up in the postseason. That could be a, that could be a, a low scoring game. Rams, you know, the Rams O line is definitely a little shaky too right now. Yeah. So Micah Parsons should be chomping at the bit. 
Yeah. Jumping yeah. at the bit. Bring in, it on. Indeed. Let's go. Let's go four and one, baby. And by the Let's way, go. thanks for weighing in today, uh, Dave. We always appreciate you uh, yeah, stopping thanks. in the bullpen. Outside Dave, baby. Uh, we got an update on the way uh, in this investigation into the uh, concussion protocol in the NFL in the wake of the uh, nasty situation with Tua Tonga-Vailoa, which is basically just dominated. Most of the discussions out of the glad. NFL. I'm glad this needs to be figured out. This needs something needs to happen with this. They're actually uh, the the man himself, Tua himself, may go under the spotlight today for an interview okay. on this. Only he knows what happened. Yeah, or maybe he doesn't because he was also hit in the head. Yeah, and then blamed it on his back. Also, uh, uh, Brady, bit wah, of an injury there, wah. and personal head, life heading info. to divorce court along with the Mrs. What an idiot. Giselle Boonch, I know. I How know. would you not, Tom would you not do everything Come on, Tom. in your power to keep her around? My clown, God. Clown. He's also the one of the greatest football players of all time. He's got I more, don't care. More money than She's I would make got more in money 30 lifetimes of radio. She's he's, more successful than him. I'm sorry. My point is he's going to be just fine. I know. Just fine. And so will she. 512-834-1027. Give us a call. This is the Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Yeah, welcome back. Got yourself on the Bullpen. Final segment here. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. What up? Phone number in the Bullpen, 512-834-1027. Been talking Our a lot of, are welcome. Talking a lot of football in the Bullpen today. Are always welcome, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um just some real quick uh, notes to uh, wrap up our football, our NFL talk. Uh, NFL and the NFLPA today interviewing Tua Tango-Vailoa. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's been known since the, the association invoked the right to launch an investigation as to the handling of uh, the situation with Tua nine days ago that eventually he'd be interviewed. Oh, yeah. Uh, and according to uh, Tom Pelissero with NFL Media, that's going to happen today. Uh, the NFLPA plans to ask Tua whether, if he, uh, whether or not he told the doctors if he had a back injury, whether they actually examined his back. Uh, and the union's broader concern continues to be that whether it was a head injury or a back injury, the gross motor instability demonstrated by Tua should have kept him out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, NFL has prom- promised, uh, promised full transparency on the results here. Uh, Dolphins already ruled out uh, Tua from this Sunday's upcoming game against the Jets. Uh, and uh, Mc- uh, head coach Mike McDaniel has uh, said uh, again this week that he's confident, quote, that Tua is going to miss week five. I am also confident that somebody else is going to get punished for this. As they should, man. Yeah. I mean, this is a kid's and this is a kid's whole life, not to mention his career. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if the coach got suspended. Mike Daniel? It all falls down on him. It it's should. his team. It should. No matter what the doctor said or did, he had the final say. Mm-hmm. And he could have he could have looked him right in the eyes and probably seen that Tua was not okay. No, I think ultimately would not have let him back in the game. Ultimately, I think Tua should have had the final say there. Tua was not clearly not in his right mind. You're right. He was convinced that it was his back. Mm, well, I'm. I'm. Well, would, apparently everybody bet. else was convinced too because that was the public report that came out from the. Oh no, it was his and back. That is why there was never a problem with his head. It was his back. That's why he looked like a wobbly baby giraffe who just come out of the womb. And that is why more people are going to get in trouble for yeah, this. this. Probably is not should. over and at should. all. Should. And I really hope that Tua remembers everything because, again, he was hit in the head. Mm-hmm. He took a shot. So I really hope that he's honest and he should be. Doesn't throw, you know, doesn't, I don't know. I just, this is just so dangerous. He really could have died. Mm-hmm. So this is a lot bigger deal than I think a lot of people are making this out to be. Mm-hmm. This is really big deal. I agree. 
Over in Tampa Bay, Mr. Giselle Bunchen dealing with a minor rotator cuff injury, according to the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. What'd you call him? Mr. Giselle Bunchen. <laughs> TB12. TB12. Tom Brady. Uh, injury not believed to limit him uh, and uh, probably going to be able to play through it. Late in the second quarter against the Chiefs on Sunday, he was sacked by, uh, by the uh, Legereus Sneed, fumbled the ball in the process. Kansas City went on to recover. And then Brady stayed on the ground holding his throwing shoulder for a while. Mm. He went on to play through that injury. Tampa Bay lost. Still um, threw almost 400 yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 385 passing yards, three TDs. Uh, by the way, he's 45. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's Mr. Bionic. Uh, and after the game, though, he was asked about a shoulder injury, and he said, I'll be fine. He is expected to play on Sunday right. against the Falcons. So. I don't know if he'll be fine outside of football, but... Well, Mr. Bunchen? Yeah. He'll be all right. Okay. I mean, you know, they are getting a divorce, but... Well, that just opens just, up the field for... It's just so sad. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. Hey, so the uh, college football coaching carousel off to a fairly early start this season. So I've seen. My Mul- goodness. Multiple Power 5 programs have already announced they're moving on from their head coaches, including Arizona State, Colorado, Nebraska, Wisconsin. You uh, saw how Herm Edwards got fired, right? Yeah. You saw that it was on the field? Yeah. At, in the end zone? Directly after the game was over. Yeah. That's brutal, man. That's pretty rough. That Especially if a guy like rough. Herm, you know. And they were talking dude to him like very Edwards. calm, and he seemed very calm, too. So I don't really know what was said in there. I don't know if he knew it was coming, but that was just weird, man. That's like shades of uh, Lane Kiffin being fired on the tarmac and not allowed on the plane. I have a little less sympathy <laughs> for a guy like Lane than I do Herm Edwards, though. Woo! Brutal. Well, we mentioned there, though, uh, among the, uh, the changes to the head coaches is uh, Wisconsin. And actually, Wisconsin uh, is uh, they're paying uh, former coach Paul Christ eleven million dollars as part of a reduced buyout. Uh, they they fired him Sunday following a two three start to the two and three start to the season. He had about twenty million dollars left on his contract through twenty twenty seven, but uh, he's agreed to take a reduced payout. Not revealing the specifics uh, in this report, uh, but eleven million dollars, which I'm sure when you're you're due to make twenty eleven sounds like a pretty rough hit, mm. but when you Work in radio, 11 sounds like something sounds you'll never see in your entire life. Yeah, it sounds like you'll never hear me ever again. Right. Now, and that's kind of surprising, though. I didn't, I, that, that's one of the coaching carousels I did not expect to see this year. Oh, what, the, uh, Wisconsin. In, in Wisconsin? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, according to Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, uh, there, uh, he recently reported a list of candidates to replace uh, Carl Doral at Colorado and Texas co defensive coordinator Jeff Choate. Mm. Named a monitor in Colorado's head coaching search. That's cool. He, you know, he came from Washington as well. Right? Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Now he handles the linebacker coaching duties, right? So you know, Jalen Ford, Demarvion Ovishan, you know, playing excellent football so far this season. You can credit Absolutely. him, uh, Choate, mm-hmm. for some of that. No doubt. Uh, he's played a major role in the defense, drastically improving this year against the run. We certainly miss him. Yeah, in in Mountain Lake. I'm sure you do. Uh, and we may miss him here in, in Austin, you know. Uh, and he's got head coaching experience. Sure. Uh, he, he led Montana State to back to back to back FCS uh, playoff appearances in 2018 and 19. Uh, he's one of the few Texas assistants who could actually be in the mix for head coaching jobs in the very near future. I hope he does. Yeah, he definitely deserves it. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, speaking of the 40 Acres, uh, no surprise, horns up against a pretty big, sizable test on Saturday for the first we time. Think. Well, it's Oklahoma. It should be. It's Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, it's not like. Either team loves the other. I will say it certainly doesn't look like Oklahoma out there. It looks nothing like Oklahoma <laughs> right now. And in fact, as we mentioned yesterday, this will be the first time since 1998 that the Horns and the Sooners are going to meet for the Red River Shootout or rivalry or showdown. That feels like five years ago, yeah. but, but it's not. They're going to come in both unranked for the first time since 1998. That's crazy. 
Uh, but this is a big test. Uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian uh, providing some updates as to you know what some of the, the biggest questions surrounding the uh, this matchup with their arch rivals. And, of course, that is the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the news uh, has been a, a, a positive one uh, in that uh, Quinn Ewers, who hurt himself in, that, in the first quarter of the near upset of Alabama, may be very, very close to coming back. You would think. Now, in his absence, Hudson Card has performed admirably, uh, and that may be an understatement. Card has yeah. really been more than just a placeholder. He's been the guy. He's kept the ship afloat. He he he's, he proved that there was a legitimate uh, race for starting QB. Oh yeah, you know absolutely. that that this yeah, indecisiveness on Sark's part uh, heading into the, the the start of the season was was legit. He couldn't make a decision. Um, Although honestly, we haven't really seen it. We haven't. We've seen a, a a full game in a quarter, and I and I would argue that even that first game wasn't his best game. You mean from Hudson Carr? No, from Quinn Ewers. Oh, from Quinn. Yeah, we don't really yeah. know, we don't know a lot what about we him. have with Quinn Ewers because we've barely seen him. So once we get a few games in, we'll really know, and then then we'll really know. Yeah. what we have compared to Hudson Card. Well, he had his best performance of his career in their in their the win over the weekend against West Virginia, twenty one to twenty seven, three hundred and three yards, uh, career high, and the three touchdowns on top of that. Sark's been pretty impressed by it. Um, you know, he says uh, to me and our team, it doesn't feel like we're playing with a backup. And I, I, I don't think so either. I don't even really consider Hudson Card to be a backup, even though he is the backup. Sure. He'd, um, he'd be starting anywhere else. Anywhere else. No doubt. Yeah. So who's going to get the start on Saturday against the Sooners? Now, Sark hasn't been explicit here, but what do you think? Uh, I've seen reports, rumors, plenty abound that Quinn Ewers is going to start. Um. I feel like if that was the case, Sark would be a lot more transparent about that. But because of you know how well Hudson Card is playing, he's probably going to keep that under wraps again. I think if Quinn Ewers is ready, he will play. But yeah. logically, it feels like Hudson Card is going to get the go one more time. We don't, it's another thing where we don't need to rush Quinn Ewers That's back. That's true. The, the, the season is not on the line right now. No. And the way Oklahoma has play, been playing... You know they're going to have their tail between their legs coming into this game because they they got trounced last week and dumped just, out of the top uh, AP twenty five for the first time in but forever. To that to that extent, you know whatever rankings are rankings, rankings are they're rankings. But there's that throughout the year for a team like Oklahoma. There's got to be a psychological sure, hit though when you sure. all of a sudden you're out. Absolutely, you would hope not. You would hope your coach has you in the right mindset to never care about the rankings. Yeah. But yes, at the same time, most most of the time they're keeping an eye on that. Now if. If he starts yours on on Saturday, it's not like that wouldn't be an illogical decision. Sure, you no, know it would make no. perfect sense if he decided to go that route. I don't and think based on some of the stuff, indirect comments that we've heard Sark uh, make, well, this week, mm-hmm. I am not convinced that that Ewers won't get the start on Saturday. And I have two reasons. I, I I agree with you, and I think that two reasons are one, we know that there was no structural damage. Mm-hmm. So regardless of you know his uh, recovery, they weren't waiting for a bone to heal. They were just waiting for the swelling to probably go down and the pain level to drop. So that makes me feel much more comfortable about when, when Quinn Ewers is ready, you know he's ready, he'll be out there. Right. right. I, I forget what the other one was. But I, that was my main That's point. That's a good enough point. They, they didn't have, he didn't, because of the no structural damage, you feel comfortable about throwing him out there. Even if he has a little, a little pain, bit of pain, sure, it's not. A, it's not a huge. That's just that's just pain factor. That's not bone. Well, you know, and like, and and I've heard multiple coaches, even this year, talk about the difference between playing through pain and playing through an injury. Yes, vastly different things. Hundred percent. So you yeah. know, yeah. So I'm with you. I I think uh, 
I think we could very likely see Quinn Ewers. If it doesn't happen, I understand that too. Sure. Uh, I like Texas chances either way. The Vegas odds like Texas chances too. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, it looks like uh, they're opening up. Texas opens up as the favorite against uh, Oklahoma for the first time since 2009. Um, the ESPN football power index has given the Horns a 68% chance to take down the Sooners on Saturday. Mm, that's big. They enter in uh, uh, identical 3 and 2 that's records. Too high. Horns coming off that pretty good I win know. over West Virginia. Sooners coming off that drumming by TCU. But look, flip the schedule. If if they would have played that well against West Virginia and then gone to Texas Tech and and lost that way and then go to Oklahoma, it'd be a completely different story. Yeah, I would guarantee sure. Oklahoma would be would be favored. Oh, in no that, doubt in, about in it. In that game, no so. doubt about it. Now, big storyline coming into this, and it's not just with Quinn, but it's also it's the QB situation for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about who's going to get the start for Texas. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma, he got knocked out of the game with a head injury versus TCU over the past weekend. Um, and of, and uh, the TCU player ejected for targeting. Yep. And now there's a pretty nasty hit there. And I think I saw a quote from Brent Venables today. Do you have that? I don't. I think, he, I think he's noncommittal on who's starting quarterback. Yeah. Well, well. So it's kind of the same situation. I think he said he knows, but he's not disclosing it right. I did hear Venables say that he's questionable. Okay, but that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. So, but it's not guaranteed he's starting. He's not. He's not guaranteeing. Who's he? He won't tell us who's going to be the starter. No. So we'll know. Just like Texas taking we'll a page right out of the away. Sark book. Exactly. We'll know once once the game starts. And uh, another quick bit of news, real quick out of uh, UT. Longhorn suffered a loss in, uh, in the twenty three uh, recruiting class on Saturday when uh, wide receiver Jonah uh, Jonah Wilson mm-hmm. unexpectedly announced his decommitment via Twitter. Oh no! He plays in Decaney up in spring over in spring. Um, he announced his commitment to Texas in June, just days after uh, New Orleans, uh, or uh, Arch Manning, I should say, uh, pledged, uh, pledged the Longhorns as well. Wilson held 15 other offers at the time. The only official visit he'd taken was from the four, was to the 40 Acres. I wonder what changed. So it was believed that, yeah, he was going to come, and he's now decided that's not going to be the case. Hmm. Uh, consensus four-star, four-star prospect, uh, number 253 nationally. Uh, the number 33 wide receiver, according to 24-7 Sports. Texas currently holds commitments from two other wide receivers in that class, Jonte Cook and Ryan Niblett, but uh, recently missed on Longview wide receivers Jalen Hale, um, who uh, committed well, to Alabama. Well, it's not so. guaranteed he won't come back either. Maybe he just wants to give it another look out there. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Or money was uh, thrown in his face from somewhere else. Yeah. But either way, you know what? You do you, kid. It's, it's your life. Did you see what happened in Pittsburgh last night? History made at the ballpark in Pittsburgh. What happened? Uh, Something special happened. Albert hits it down the left field line. Number 703. It's history. RBIs, number 2,000, 215 and 16. He's passed Babe Ruth. Second all-time in history and runs batted in. A historic blast. Number 703. So just yesterday, we were in here and we were talking about how Pujols hit his final regular season home run at 7.02, which was a big deal because he tied Babe Ruth. Well, we said that at with, Bush, with, uh, at Bush RBI. Stadium. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, Bush Stadium. You're he right. Had, You're he right. still had a you couple games left. I, I was mistaken. Yeah. You're abs- I, forget what the, I said. Forget what I said. Road. You're right. You're right. I, I hey, was, man, I was okay. going in the wrong direction that's completely. Right, man. I got you. Nevertheless, 7.02, if, if it had ended at 7.02 and tied with Babe Ruth yeah. at all time for ribbies, that so, would have been a great way to end it. Absolutely. It's now his. His and his How alone. How about that? That's the crazy. Uh, he's, he's just put up some unbelievable numbers. Um, he's uh, 
now ahead of Barry Bonds for the most in Major League history uh, for uh, go-ahead go ahead home runs. 263 go-ahead home runs in his career. Jeez. His uh, 307th uh, of his career uh, uh, on, on the road. That ties him with Hank Aaron for second all-time. Bonds has the record at most all-time. Uh, I mean, this guy just he, he he just doesn't quit. So it was it was a beautiful thing to see out there. It's sad that I didn't, that him. I that I want to just hate him for most of his career because of you know you you kind of don't look you every time he does something big you get upset but you don't marvel in the moment of what it actually means and now where he is now I'm just marveling every time he's at bat and I wish I was like that before I, uh, he's, I was always a fan. He's a couple years younger than I am and. I couldn't do even a, a quarter of what he's done right. with substandard pitchers, you know, and a and a corked bat. <laughs> uh, I just, there's no way, yeah. you know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, over in Houston, Astros outdueled, dropped the series over to Philadelphia, three nothing, mm. and Aaron Nola seven outs away from perfection yesterday. Mm. He retired. Against the Astros. Yeah, interesting. He retired twenty straight batters until issuing back-to-back singles to Jordan Alvarez and David Hensley in the seventh. Uh, but he lifted his club up to extended play in October. He threw sixty-three of eighty-eight pitches for strikes. He struck out nine for the night. Astros didn't reach a base pass before or after that seventh inning threat. Uh, threat. Ouch. They combined for twelve strikeouts at the plate. They didn't walk uh, once against the Phillies pitching staff. Which was fighting for postseason play. I feel like a lot of these teams that have already clinched have probably taken their foot off. The they don't care as much. Nah, you're right. There's no pressure. You, you're in. It doesn't. The the final record doesn't matter at this point. Now, with, except for, well, yeah, and with the Phillies win over Houston, swinging a fly ball, shallow center field, coming on as Marsh, still coming on, makes the catch. The ball game is over. The drought is over after 11 seasons. The Philadelphia Phillies are going back to the postseason. They'll represent the National League as a wild card representative. And they celebrate behind the mound, and this is a long time coming. You know how that feels, don't you? Yeah, just add 10 more years, and I know exactly how they're feeling. I get this. Their (laughs) postseason drought was the longest active in the majors after the Mariners clinched the first playoff berth in 21 years on Friday. So the Mariners held it, and then they gave it up. Yep. And then they they lost it, what, two days? Yep. Two days for them to end that drought? Good right. for them. Wow, must be so, nice. So now that the Phillies have clinched, we have all 12 playoff spots set. Mm-hmm. And the exact matchups will be determined in the next couple of days. Yep. So, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, we're, Mariners are either going to Cleveland or they're going to Toronto. Either way, I don't care. Bring it on, baby! Woo! A lot of excitement there for we're you. We're going. Yeah, yeah. We are dancing. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the bullpen. We appreciate you sticking around with us for this hour. Stick around. Paul Feinbaum is up next. And we got Sports Talk with Ed and Beto coming up at 4. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. See ya. Take it easy.